Thank you very much, Fred, for this uh, uh, intense paper. And now I'm happy to introduce to you Katarina Masterova uh, from the Institute of Art History of the Czech Academy of uh, Sciences. Um, she mm, uh, works as a researcher at the photo library of this institute, of the Czech Academy of Sciences, uh, where she's currently taking part in the project uh, Josef Sudek and Photographic Documentation of Works of Art from a private art archive to representing a cultural heritage. And she organized uh, uh, a couple of months ago a conference uh, on uh, instant presence representing art in photography together with Hanna Budeus and Wojciech Lahoda. And the book is forthcoming in 2017. Uh, she studied archaeology and art history at the Charles University in Prague and graduated with a thesis on the connections between photography and sculpture in the work of Czech photographer Jan Svoboda and she also contributed to a monograph on Jan Svoboda. Uh, her doctoral thesis undertaken at the Department of the Institute of Archaeology, Prague Castle, deals with the subject of early medieval sacral architecture, but today she is going to speak about a topic coming from her project at the uh, Czech Academy of Sciences, the Archive in Transition, Reframing Josef Sudek's Photographic Reproductions of Art. Thank you, Katarina. for your welcome and also to Deborah and Geraldine for organizing this, night event, this nice event and uh, I'm pleased to, uh, to participate and to be here. Um, I'll try. No. Mm -hmm. Let us for a while visit the studio of Josef Sudek. In 1976, Sudek's former assistant, Jaroslav Kisela, wrote down one of his memories of the photographer. The, the event took place during the time of the protectorate. Two strangers entered Sudek's studio and asked the photographer to make a reproduction of, of an allegedly precious painting. It was a dark canvas of the Venetian school and the owners were hoping it might be a Titian. Sudek informed them that he would need two days to make a re reproduction of it. After sunset, he proceeded to light the painting artificially. For his famous reproductions, he used an aperture setting which needed long exposure times as well as a very still environment. It was for these reasons uh, that the floor of his studio was tiled. Uh, Sudek, a true canonizer of classical music, which he always listened to on, to his, gram on his gramophone as he worked, uh, then decided for an exposure time equal to the duration of Beethoven's Nymph and Eight Symphonies, altogether lasting about 90 minutes. <laughs> Sudek's assistant writes, Then he pulled up a chair and seated himself in front of the camera. He continued to look at the painting. Naturally, I also had to sit on the other side of the apparatus so as not, as not to walk uh, about during the exposure. What was interesting about this uh, what is interesting about this little vignette is the fact that the photographer looked at the painting for a full hour and a half. At the time when this story took place, around 1940, Sudek was already a famous photographer, a famous art reproduction photographer. This type of commissions constitute the main part of his income, apart from advertisement and architecture photography. Sudek stated as he, that he always did only what he enjoyed and that his interests were far from being just commercial. 
these two factors not only significantly change our reading of part of his photographic archive comprised of art reproductions, but also reconstruct our understanding of its use, functions and meanings. When Sudek died in 1976, he left behind a great legacy comprising, of of comprising various objects tied to his world. We see here Sudek in the role of photographer, in the meaning of an artist, and as a professional photographer, but also collector, aficionado, expert, sponsor, and businessman. All these roles are present in the body of his archive, which also witnessed a disposition te uh, teetering on the edge of a hovering disorder. Varova termed uh, Sudek's estate as bric-a-brac. As Sudek himself remarked, uh, quote, I started off with mess, I'll end up with mess too, end quote. Sudek perceived this well-known mess in a practical and romantic manner, and he often expressed in, uh, in his many labyrinthine still lives. He was drawn to the simple beauty of common things, the world around him, and in this way he also looked at this growing archive as well as art objects that constantly surrounded him. After Sudek's death, uh, his estate was divided up between many public institutions which effectively dissolved the precious unity of the archive. The parceling was conducted by the historian of art and photography Anna Farova, who would later go on to write seminal and still dogmatic texts on Sudek's work. The four most important uh, segments comprised of, firstly, Sudek photographic works, both positives and negatives, which numbered of about 50,000 items. Then secondly, his documents, both uh, personal and business-oriented, both of which were received by the photographic collection of the Museum of Decorative Arts in Prague. Then thirdly, there is the body of photographic reproductions of art pieces, numbering about 20,000 items, stored in the photo library of the Institute of Art History of the Czech Academy of Sciences, on which I will focus. And finally, the collection of original artworks divided up between the National Gallery in Prague and the ga uh, Gallery of uh, Art of Modern Art in the Rovnice nad Labem in Czech Republic. This division, the process of, of which took about 12 years of meticulous classification, subjective and institutionally based decisions and compromises, has today become an object of critical reflection. We are now beginning to question the legitimacy of the original dissolution and starting to question the overlap between Sudek's so-called art works and his, uh, and his reproductions. Simply the fact that Sudek never distinguished between his documentary photography and artistic photography prompts us to question these decisions. And herein lies the first controversy. It was a highly informative value of Sudek's photographic reproductions of artworks which prompted Anna Farova to store such photographs in the photo library of our institute. The institutional system assured a radical reframing of, of the way uh, Sudek's photographs were perceived and received. They were given a new institutionally based context. This context means the routine of the photo library agenda, which used images as simple mirrors of artworks, understood as neutral and objective. We now reconsider this process. At first, along with, the housing, the, uh, along with housing the pictures, all Sudex items were, in the 1980s, prepared to be added to the library's catalogue. They were reordered, cleared of dust, bagged, numbered and locked in the inventory books. 
It was the first time they underwent such a procedure as Sudek had no cataloging system, yet witnesses testified that he never faltered uh, in finding an item in the accreted layers of his domestic house. Farova writes, quote, that which I have sifted through for 12 years was chaotic, but inside there was a firmly current order in order to it all, end quote. Through their transfer to the photo library, the photographs had become recontextualized in the words borrowed from semiology reframed, and they became subservient to the system of their categorization within the institution's, institution's mode of operation. The photographs were practically shorn of their objecthood and of their archival quality and became, in order to serve the interests of the photo library, functionally sterilized. They thus become a form of medium which carries an information, but only through a mechanical depiction and uncritically understood representation of the original artworks. In 2013, the new approach started, encouraged by the object-oriented studies and fed by a new critical practice, in the words of Isabel Crow and Julian Rabentich, quote, what had been marginalized may become the new focus of attention, so may previously disregarded aspects of ostensibly well-established practices, end quote. In other words, the medium of information has become a source of information itself. Consequently, in 2016, encouraged by the highly evolved digital practices, the project devoted to the complex preservation, digitalization, facilitating online access and critical reconsideration of the Institute's entire Ar SUDEX archive was launched. Simply called the SUDEX project, it will continue until 2020. We can thus conclude that the fragment of SUDEX archive stored in the photo library has altogether undergone three life stages accompanied by relocation. The first was that of Sudek's organic archive, during which it was used for the purposes of, the, of his primary commissions, whether commercial, informational, art historical, artistic or other. The second took place after its transfer to the photo library, which reframed it within an institutional setting and decoupled it from its original use and functions. Content was eliminated and it became used as a method of accessing the database of artworks. And finally, the third stage, uh, is defined by, on the one hand, a return to the materiality of the photograph as object and, on the other, by a critical turn towards studying the archive itself from various perspectives based in postmodern approaches and described lately by John M. Schwartz, Terry Cook, or in the terms of, of photo libraries by Constanza Carafa. And the, item, the items moved these days to the newly furnished archival boxes and rooms um, uh, and air-conditioned rooms uh, in our institute. Let me now just briefly summarize three subjects that arose from this new perspective of, of our study, its physical and theoretical replacement. I would like to stress out that it, on, on the first place, highlights the previous non-horizontal approach uh, of the study to the study of Sudek as an artist, where the focus on selecting his most interesting works and their partial decontextualization from the whole archive obfuscated the depth and breadth of Sudek's work and helped to establish a story which is basically one-sided. <coughs> Let us ask then what new facts, questions and stimuli can we derive from studying Sudek's archive as a whole and especially his art reproductions. At this point of uh, the process we can identify three exemplary fields of studies. 
The first field of interest is framed by the question of how our analysis of artistic value exhibited at the photographic <coughs> reproductions changes our understanding of Sudek the author, followed by the questions on the perception of here depicted artworks, no longer considered as neutral. These questions surfaced uh, in the course of the first project, which appreciated the avant-garde aesthetic qualities of Sudek's advertisement photography, for example, these works for Drostevni Prace, in English cooperative work collective, and with designer Ladislav Sutnar, which started to be um, shown by uh, Professor Wojciech Lahoda. Uh, but so far, there had been very little time devoted to studying Sudek's enthusiasm for sculptures, an enthusiasm which in many cases elevated from the category of simple commercial photographic reproductions. Sudek consciously imbued his photographs of of sculptures with his own interpretative vision. The sculptural works of Hanna Wichterlova offer a case in point. She was his friend and neighbor for more than 30 years and Sudek used her place to take many pictures of commercial assignments from the sculptor. For example, one we see here. But as well as for himself, he used um, for original, he used um, like his place and his, uh, her sculptures uh, for his original um, artistic photography series from the Garden of Lady Sculptor, viewing, viewing the sculptures in the perspective as, origi uh, as ordinary objects. The paradoxical distinction between art and documentation is palpable in this case, as these two specific views on the works have also been divided between the collection of photography at the Museum of Decorative Arts and the Art Historical Photo Library. However, the content of the photographs stored in both these segments of Sudek's archive overlaps. The sculptural works are always significantly enriched through Sudek's artistic vision. This approach is considered significant and it, and it exhibits many features of postmodern appropriation. The so-called business photographs uh, from the photo library thus in many ways expand our understanding of Sudek as an author and at the same time, it questions the position of photographic reproductions and the representation of art itself. And it also reveals that the records within our archive are far from being neutral. The second field of study deals with the horizontal complexity of this archive of reproductions, encouraged and simplified by the new media technologies. So far, we have only been interested in the images we actively use. In practice, this turn meant subordinating uh, our own art historical interests predicated on the so-called vertical stratigraphy of Czech art history as described on global level by uh, Piotr Piotrowski uh, to the interests of Sudek archive itself. When Sudek photographed the works, exhibitions and other documentation for the foremost Czech modernist, modernists like Emil Fila, uh, Franciszek Tichy, Václav Špála, or Tayen, these reproductions were then brought to light. When, however, he documents forgotten artists who do not figure within the discursive framework of Czech modernist history, his photographs remain similarly forgotten. Today we might ask what happens when we reverse this approach. It seems we will be able to discover new and interesting features of Czech art, which were previously regarded as marginal. In order to understand Sudek's archive as well as, as his person, we have developed a statistical list of all the previously identified authors whose work Sudek photographed. There are 700 names occupying some 20,000 of Sudek's reproduction photographs. 
Among the top 23 list, we find heretofore completely unknown artists like Bedřich Vaniček, František Zygmunt, or the communist Emanuel Famira, as well as uh, Phila's assistant Miloš Malina. These marginalized artists become interesting for the study of the dissemination and reception of modernist aesthetic principles in Czech painting, a field of study which has recently been addressed in the works of Wojciech Lahoda. Finally, I would like to mention what is for me the most surprising aspect of the developing critical revision of Sudek's archive of art reproductions. This is the archival practice of Josef Sudek himself, which should be regarded as an, integ as an integral feature of his artistic expression as well as we will see in a moment. Uh, Sudek's intense collaboration and friendship with Emil Fila, uh, the painter, terrorist, editor of the magazine Volnesnieri and the leading figure of uh, Czech modernism, has recently been receiving much attention. I would like to focus on his archive. In 2010, it was presented in an exhibition for the first time. Phila's archive was comprised of thousands of photographic reproductions of artworks, either acquired uh, already as original prints, cutouts, or, or specially commissioned for photographing, which were then glued on A3-sized cardboard sheets. The photographs encapsulated a vast history of global uh, art and culture. This archive, consisting partially of Phila's own work, was in development since the mid-1920s, and consists of several thousand cardboard sheets of, of pasted photos. These are further informed by Phila's comments and, death and dates pertaining to the individual works. As of the 1930s, a large part of, his com of this compilation was supplied by Josef Sudek, especially in cases requiring a systematic reproductions of Phila's own work, and which were to be used for the artist's personal database. The immense potential of this archive is often linked to the Mnemosyne Atlas of Abi Warburg or Andrea Mauro's conception of the Museum Without Walls. Phila, however, retained this archive only for his own personal use and training. Its existence preceded his important theory, which claimed that the painting is a product of all previous experiences, coupled with an understanding of artistic conventions and inspirations. His archive was thus the condition as well as an integral part of his art. Sudek spent an immense amount of time with Phila, and naturally he knew about Phila's archive and appreciated the tremendous knowledge of art which Phila exhibited in many of his theoretical essays. <coughs> we know that they debated together, and through these de debates, Sudek learned to appreciate modern art, eventually becoming a collector himself. It is interesting to note that Sudek often made his photographic reproductions not in order to receive a fee, but rather to receive a work of art as payment, usually of his own choosing. This was possible through financial stability thanks to his advertisement work, as well as his credit of making money only to cover basic expenses and then simply working on his own projects. And these projects for himself also meant making reproductions surprisingly only for his own enjoyment. We know he adopted this principle which emulated Phila. For instance, he reproduced the works of still-life painter Josef Matej Navratil only for himself. He also conducted still-lifes by Caravaggio, studied uh, still-lifes by Caravaggio or Cubists, as well as those of his favorite contemporary Czech authors. He used his knowledge to express his passion in his own still-lifes. Similarly, similarly to Phila, who studied 
reproductions, but as well as the life of Pablo Picasso. Consequently, Phila most likely asked Sudek to make similar observation of Phila's own equipment, as well as we see in, uh, in this interesting parallel. Sudek also studied his own artist in general on his own, as we see in the series of Sudek's pictures uh, in the studio of Andrei Bielcvietov, Sudek's protege artist, uh, based in Prague, taken most likely for the photographer himself. And it is in this context that I would like to come back to the story from the beginning of this presentation. Apart from being a photographer of art reproductions, Sudek was also an art canonizer, expert, who studied, analyzed and sought to understand thousands of art pieces. He learned from looking at art just as Phila taught him. It is then not so surprising that Sudek told his assistant Kisela that the painting which was brought to his studio by those two strangers was most certainly not an origi original Tizian. As we uncover Sudek's list of artists, we find out which uh, pieces he reproduced most. They were those of his artists, like Fila, Tichy, this one, Vlastimil uh, Rada, Josef Wagner, Vanicek, Zygmunt or Andrei Bielcvietov. They were the same artist whose work he collected, oftentimes scholars, close friends or his protégés. Thus, it may be claimed that, that this archive closely reflects Sudek's personality and is a statement to his artistic progression. Similarly to Philas, we may understand it as a source of inspiration and a primer for his artistic <coughs> canon, but also a specific feature of Sudek's habit of collecting art pieces. The pieces depicted both on, in negatives and positives were always at hand and Sudek could thus readily make use of them. We may briefly conclude that the Sudek's archive focused on his photographic reproductions of art is undergoing a new object-oriented critical analysis. It has become the object of a new form of scholarship, one that explores the few examples I have mentioned and charts out further possible points of interest for this new form of critical analysis. The process itself is essential and follows the line already presented within several past uh, years of studies that have been focused on photo archives. This new place within the field of scholarly interest was brought to the forefront through a reflection on the archive's transfer, transfer from its original place in Sudek studio and within his uh, complete archive to its new home which operates within the discursive framework of an art historical photo library recently radically changing its status toward the photo archive. Through reconstructing the original placement, function and signification of this example of Sudex archive, we gain access to the new depth of historical reality, not only about Sudek and his creative processes, but also about the history of Czech modernism and the cultural and historical milieu of art production between 1930s and 1960s, which was a period of significant historical transformation. And at the same time, it reflects the ongoing process of critical revision of art historical methodologies in general. Through the process of, tra of transfer between the individual features of the archive, a method which Norman Bryson calls reframing or framing, we gain access to new images of historical reality and mind the archive's theoretical potential, thus uncovering much more than the art reproductions themselves. This up-to-date process of reverse valorization and place shifting clarifies still undetected powers of this archive. Thank you for your attention.